His Morning Crew with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Try it, buy it, what should you do? Why not ask His Morning Crew? It's a crew review. It's a crew review. It's a crew review. Dear His Morning Crew, I love to run, especially early in the morning. Will this time change? It's dark. I carry a light in my right hand. It's such a pain. I need help. Love. Need a light. Mary. Oh, it sounds like she wants a cigarette. <laughs> Mary, we're not going to help you with that kind of light, but here we're going to try out these run lights, a wearable safety solution. They're gloves with built-in super bright LED lights. They're kind of cool. I've got the style that is fingerless I'm going to try out, and there's a light inside of it, and you just push the top of your hand, and the light turns on. Rob, you've got some cozier gloves. Yeah, these are these are almost kind of like what I have for my winter running gloves, as a matter of fact. I love the lights on them because they'll help me when I run in, in the early, 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 early morning. All right. Well, I think to fully try them out, we need to dim the lights here in the studio, don't you think? Oh, might as well. Yeah. So you'll see this later on His Radio TV to see what the impact of it really, really looks like. Okay, you're right. You can ready? tell ghost stories. <laughs> Spooky. Um, But they're neat because you can recharge them as well. Little dance party. (laughs) It's almost like the rave. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We found so many multiple uses for these. It's so fun. You can recharge them. Mine, I don't know if yours have this, Rob. (laughs) What's that? I'm getting nuts. I'm sorry. (laughs) A terry cloth thumb. So, you know, when you get that little uh, post-nasal drip, you can just wipe it in your glove. (laughs) That's true. Does yours have that? Yeah. No. Uh I can't see. Let me put a light on it. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's got that little uh, terry cloth thumb so I can go. Because it happens. (laughs) Seriously, when you run and it's cold, the nose does, Mm -hmm. and then you have to wipe. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. So anyway, I think these are pretty cool. They are. And I noticed that on my gloves, I don't know, well, you have fingerless, but I have the little thing on there, so if I need to check uh, my iPhone, I can. It has a little touch finger mm-hmm. on the top of it and the light and everything. These are cool. I totally forgot to tell you this, but we have a pair to give away. No, yes. dude, really? Yeah, they're a different style. They're like a sling, so perfect for summer. And I will uh, you know, let you guys know they're pink. So any guys out there that want to win them, they're pink. Yeah, give them to your lady, or if you like pink, hey, you know. Yeah. I ain't saying nothing. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. If speaking kindly to plants helps them grow, imagine what speaking kindly to humans can do. I'm Allison, along with Rob. We're his morning crew on his radio. I've never done that. In my life, I've never spoke to a plant. Apparently, it works. Have you? No, but mine always die, so maybe there's something <laughs> maybe there. Maybe Allison should talk to her <laughs> plants. I'll tell you one other thing that's growing right now. What if your blessings come a little baby inside Laura's story. Aww. She's mama four times over now. Wow. And that's so cool. I love her Instagram posts that she's been doing. There's a couple right now with her kids that are just so excited, her three others, about a little brother that's on his way. Like, for instance, I love the post where all three of the siblings are in Timothy's little bassinet. It's like, they don't know they're too big for the bassinet. Oh. <laughs> on the ground. Little boy Griffin is on top of uh, Laura's story, listening 
to mommy's belly Aww. to hear the baby on the inside. They just had a shower, so she was so overwhelmed with a baby shower for little Timothy, who's on his way. And then she did this one post, and it really captivated our heart when we saw it because she discovered something, or what the doctors did when they when they uh, did another ultrasound because the baby's like four weeks away, and he has a cleft palate. And so she posted this, with just a couple of weeks left in my pregnancy, we discovered this week our little man, Timothy, has cleft lip and palate. We know more of its extent uh, after he's born, but prayers are appreciated for this continued development for our family as we appreciate how to best care for him. Timothy William, we cannot wait to meet you. She has a little heart. Mm. So she made a graphic for that on her Instagram. So a lot of prayer for Laura's story. But they've been through a journey because her husband, Martin, has a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. And he's gone through it. And this family is just like so knit together. You can see they love each other. Mm -hmm. And there's four kids now. So another, another journey for Laura's story here. This family knows how to handle anything that gets thrown at them and come out of it stronger and closer to the Lord. Mornings with his morning crew. A Chinese weathercaster is getting worldwide attention, not because of a blooper or a wardrobe malfunction, which, which seems to be the norm these yeah, days. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> but it's because she has not changed her look at all during her 22-year career. She's 44 now, but she looks as young as she did when she was 22. Does a beautiful job, doesn't she? She does. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm afraid of the weather this weekend. <laughs> well, some people joked that all of her weather reports over the last 22 years must have been filmed on the same day, but they didn't. They're, they've, uh, they show the years, and she really does look the same. She's beautiful. Uh, and so I dug out a photo from, because, you know, my first job was a part-time weather girl. Mm -hmm. And I also worked part-time at a bagel shop. And I look totally different, at don't I? At the same time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. It didn't pay you much to do weather, did it? So no one would mistake my picture from 2000 and okay, whatever listen. this is. I see the picture. She's showing it to us, okay? <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing. Outside of the Katie Couric 90s hairstyle that she has, <laughs> right? In this the picture. 90s, it's still Katie Couric of the 90s hairstyle. <laughs> Which was newsy, right? I mean, every oh, news yeah. lady probably had like that the news at the time. Anchor football helmet hair. Listen, you haven't aged a bit. I can tell you that. You look this. If you were to don that hairstyle right now, you'd look the exact hmm. same. Hmm. Should I get the football helmet back? <laughs> That's pretty much what it looked like, right? Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Chris and Jen, high school sweethearts, man. They met back in the day at Clifton High School. And, and here's what they told Inside Edition about the day they met. Our lockers were assigned across the hall from each other. Like, right from the beginning of the school year, um, we kind of exchanged numbers and started chasing each other. So it's years later now, okay? They got married. Mm -hmm. Where they first met. Did you hear where they first met? Was it their school? At their school in front of the lockers <sighs> where they were. That was where they just had their wedding. Wow, they that's had their unique. Wedding. And yeah, yeah. So I started thinking, okay, if, if I were to get married to Amy where we met, mm -hmm. it would be at Pelican Pete's Inglewood, Florida, off McCall Road. What's Pelican Pete's? It's like, um, it's like a Brewster's. 
meets a celebration station. Okay. Did I say Brewster's? I mean a Dave and Buster's. Oh, okay. Meets, uh, like ice cream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, I'm sure they served ice So it was arcade, it was mini golf, it was go-karts, it was that kind of a thing. Like, I was doing a remote there for oh, a, a, a Christian rock <laughs> uh, a show that I did with a lady named Michelle Talon. Back and in the day. was a fangirl. I guess. <laughs> How cute. Mm-hmm. That's where we would have got married. That right would, on the mini golf course. That would be an interesting place to get married. Yeah, and have hope for Allison. Uh, you and Tim. We would get married in some strange guy's living room that I can't remember his name. Oh. That's where we met. Okay. <laughs> you know, that'd be interesting to know where you met your sweetheart. If you were to get married where you met each other for the very first time, where would that be? <laughs> That's so funny to hear. 800-447-7234. That's 800-447-7234. Go ahead and call and text right on in. Rob, Allison, and Jim. It was love at first sight. They met at the lockers in high school because they were neighbors. They had their wedding at the lockers at high school. And that's so something. Sweet. sweet and probably very affordable. <laughs> yeah, right? It's Rob, Allison, and Jim, his morning crew here on his radio. So we started thinking, where you met your sweetheart? Where was it? That's where you would get married. So where would that be? 800-447-7234. It's kind of a funny thought. We love this text that we got from Josh at the red light beside Red Lobster. No, get out. <laughs> Funny place for a wedding. <laughs> Emily, my husband and I met by a dumpster behind the restaurant where we were both working. Can you imagine the wedding at a dumpster? Not super romantic. Ooh, it'll smi- smelly, too. Hey, Caitlin, how about you, girl? We would have gotten married in a tiny little apartment uh, outside of the Florida State University campus because I married my brother's roommate. No. Oh, I wow. love that. What did your brother think? He was actually really silly about it uh, because we we actually met one night only uh, and on our way moving to Mississippi and we started dating long distance and when Garrett, my husband's name is Garrett, he asked my brother for my my dad's number to ask permission to, to date me. Uh, my brother charged him a Mountain Dew before he would give him uh, my dad's phone number. So that's what I'm worth to my brother, apparently, is a Mountain Dew. A Mountain Dew. No, you're worth more than that. Uh, Although he's probably got a lot of Mountain Dews since then. Yeah, I don't think she's letting him forget that. Rob, Allison, and Jim. We started thinking this morning about where you met your sweetheart. That would be where you got married, if it would be that. So here's the number, 800-447-7234. I met my husband in a strange living room. I don't know where that would be, but Crystal says my husband and I would have gotten married at Cracker Barrel. I was a server, and he was a cook when we met six years ago. Oh, love Cracker Barrel. At least you know the food would be good, right? Yeah, good reception. Mm -hmm. Allison says we would have gotten married at his ex-girlfriend's house, LOL. There's a story there. Awkward. Yeah, right? Okay, here's Tracy. Tracy, how about you? Well, 27 years ago, we met on a school bus. That would have been a very interesting wedding. Yeah, I was in ninth grade, and he was in 12th, and um, I was being picked on by another guy on the bus, and so he was kind of watching out for me, and that's how we met. And then we dated for a couple of years, but then uh, we unfortunately broke up, but we found each other about seven years ago, and now we're engaged again. Oh, well, congratulations. When's the big day? Yeah. Um, we're just going to probably elope, so it'll probably be some 
sometime this year is what we're Ooh, thinking. Oh, hey, can, can we come and be best man and matron of, no, you can't, what is it when you're married? Matron of honor, matron you're right. Matron of honor, hey, mm -hmm. okay, good. that'd be fun. Little yeah, little yeah, can we do that? No big deal. Yeah, Just, we'll, we'll invite ourselves. We'll meet you at the courthouse and we'll bring a pastor along with us. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Okay, here's the thought this morning at 800-447-7234. The thought is this. If you were to get married where you met your sweetheart, where would it be? Oh, you should hear some of the stuff coming in. We heard from a school bus earlier. Uh, the brother's apartment because of the roommate that she met. Yeah, married that guy. And in front of a dumpster. <laughs> romantic. I'm telling you. It's amazing how many parking lots we're hearing and how many fast food restaurants. That is wild, isn't so it? So singles out there, maybe you'll get some ideas mm -hmm. of where to go. Just don't get to the creeper mode in the parking lot, okay? <laughs> we got a text from Marissa. She says, we would have gotten married at the bowling alley where I worked when I was 16. And another text came in from Christine. My husband and I met on New Year's at Liberty Winterfest. He also proposed on New Year's three years later at Liberty Winterfest cool. while Skillet played. Wow. They should have played at the reception. They should have. Skillet, really? Right? Okay, so Diana's along with us at 800-447-7234. Do tell, Diana, where would it be? It would be downtown Greenville at Noma Square in front of the Hyatt restaurant. Ooh, how'd you meet? We were um, meeting with some of our friends separately. We had a mutual person that introduced us. That's one of the places I've thought about wanting to get married. This is recent for you. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. How'd he ask? Oh, he hasn't asked yet. We've been talking about it. Oh. So, uh, we, haven't put, we haven't set up a date yet or anything, but we've been talking about it, so I know it's happening this year. Oh. Okay, buddy. Get on bended knee. Yeah, I hope he's listening. <laughs> okay, okay, that's it. Mornings with his morning crew. Such an interesting conversation this morning at 800-447-7234. So cool. If you were to get married, I mean, think about this. If you were to get married where you met your sweetheart, where would it be at 800-447-7234? We got a text from Patience. She says, we would be getting married in the computer lab of our elementary school. That was when we were both in third grade and we're in our 30s now. Wow, in third grade? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of uh, people that met their sweethearts in school. Yeah, a lot of high school sweethearts, but mm -hmm. grade school sweethearts? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Here's another text we got from Kristen. If I were to marry my hubby where we met, it would be in the Dollar General parking lot. <laughs> That'd be the coolest wedding. <laughs> Cheap gifts, too. Register yeah. at the Dollar there General would be pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Okay, so here is Kim. What about you, Kim? It would be um, at the jail where I was working <laughs> in dispatch. So I'm pretty sure we wouldn't get married there because that, you know, like, y'all do those little puns every now and then. So if we got married there, I was thinking we might have a record. Oh, oh <laughs> look at that. The old ball and chain there, huh? That's right. I got him. <laughs> he actually knew that I was the one when he saw me, but I didn't actually know he was the one when I saw him until a little later. You know, Kim, that seems to be a common thread. A lot of people said it was at the first sight thing. Mm. They just, like, knew immediately. Amazing. The other might have need convincing, but at least one knew. <laughs> well, it takes two, right? <laughs> It's supposed to, at least. More than just pretty voices. We heard about this high school couple. They met in high school in front of the lockers. Years later, they were introduced to each other. They got married where they first met, at the high school lockers. How sweet. I know. So it spurs this conversation this morning that if you got married where you met your sweetheart, 
where would it be? At 800-447-7234. You should see some of the texts and calls that are coming in. For Melinda, it would be baggage claim at O'Hare Airport. We were married 30 year, 34 years before he passed away a year and a half ago. What a oh. sweet love story. David says our wedding would have been at a city pool in the five-foot section. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, can you imagine a wedding in the pool? Yeah. How old were they when they met at the city <laughs> pool? I remember my mom, when I was a kid, brought us to the city pool all the mm-hmm. time. She'd yep. drop us off there. She was getting rid of us, wasn't she? She may have. I'm just yeah. realizing Wanted that to was run a some built by babysitter, the city pool. Okay, how about you at 800-447-7234? Julie is here. What was it for you, Julie? We met at church, actually, uh, 19 years ago today. Oh, that's sweet. Did you get married at that church? No, we actually got married at my church because we had a huge wedding and it wouldn't have fit at his little church. What were you doing that day that you met? Well, my aunt actually set us up to meet there. She heard him sing a Stephen Curtis Chapman song in church a few weeks before, and she was like, oh my gosh, he's, he's got to meet Julie, And because um, I was a big Stephen Curtis, still a big Stephen Curtis Chapman fan, and so I, she talked me into it, and I was like, okay, and um, it went from there. We've been married 18 years last weekend. We got married the same weekend we met, and then um, we have four children ages 5 to 15 now. And and your kids know it's been an arranged marriage, huh? It was funny. We found out later, even though we didn't know each other, our families knew each other for, like, years. Pretty cool. His morning crew. Hard to believe three weeks ago today that we lost Reverend Billy Graham. It was, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. And all week long, we've been going through his book, Where I Am, which just seems so fitting. Uh, It's his book on heaven, eternity, and our life beyond. And in it, he writes, I recall seeing a placard while on a visit to the Mayo Clinic. Give the gift of blood. If you or a loved one were in need of blood to sustain life, would you not feel tremendous relief to know that enough blood had been donated and banked for a life-saving transfusion? Physical life has been preserved through this procedure, people giving their own blood to save another. The blood of Christ provides life and all that sustains life. Redemption, remission, cleansing, justification, reconciliation, peace, access, fellowship, and protection from evil and the evil one. Blood cleanses, blood justifies, and as it says in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 19, blood redeems. We are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. I love how he just puts things. Oh, my. We'd love you to have a copy of it. As a matter of fact, we're giving it away on our Facebook page. Just let us know how Billy Graham has impacted you in some way, either directly or indirectly. There's been some kind of impact. So share it with us on our Facebook page at His Radio. His morning crew. It's such an honor this morning to have John Irwin on along with us from the Irwin brothers. Andrew is his brother. These are the guys that are behind the movie that you've been hearing a lot about on his radio, and that is I Can Only Imagine. As a matter of fact, I have to say, John, it was an honor to be one of three DJs in the country to be a part of your film. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. That was a cool day in Oklahoma City. Well, you did great, man, and and uh, I appreciate it. And it, you know, it was, it was cool to kind of give honor to where honor was due. You know, so many DJs around the country launched. I can only imagine, and it was a part of the story. I mean, the song really just took the country by storm. So it was a great day, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, 
to have you on set. Oh, thank you. And quite an amazing journey, too, that you and your brother have had. I mean, from being cameraman on ESPN and then using <laughs> music videos like names of Michael W. Smith. Very yeah. curious. When did you really feel that this is what a calling was in your life to do film like this? Well, that's a great question. I mean, it really started for me, uh, I'm not recommending this, but uh, when a cameraman got sick on an ESPN football game, I was 15 years old, and uh, I got to replace that cameraman and neglected to inform uh, the network of my age and, and just was like a kid that joined the circus. I had a great time, and then and then you're right, I'm not going to be Smith and Amy Grant. Uh, uh, you know, gave us a break a few years later to do music videos and kind of launched our career there. And we were in Nashville for many years and really just had a, um, you know, kind of a career, but not a calling. And, um, and it was on the set of a movie called Courageous Christian Film that I was I was brought in to do the action sequences in that movie. And uh, the director, Alex, asked me, he said, John, what's your what's your purpose and the purpose of your work? And I couldn't um, answer the question. Uh, and not only could I not answer it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And that led to to the jump to what we're doing now, which was it was kind of our career to calling moment. And, um, you know, we wanted to my brother and I wanted to use our gifts that we've been given um, you know, for, for God's glory and for his purposes and, and, uh, and tell stories that mattered, you know, on film. And, uh, and that's what we've been doing ever since. You're also really using film as a strategy to share the gospel with the world. I watched this interesting talk you gave about how 20,000 movies are made every year, but only 31 yeah. are considered blockbusters. And you yeah. see a Christian blockbuster as an amazing way to spread the gospel around the world. So is a Christian yeah. blockbuster possible? That's the goal. That's the summit of the mountain. What happens is when, when a film is popular in America and, and, uh, the thing that we need help creating is it's called FOMO. It's F-O-M-O. It means the fear of missing out. Oddly enough, the current generation, they're the most connected ever, but they're also the loneliest. They're calling them the generation of loneliness. So the fear of missing out and the need to belong kind of dominates their decisions. And so if we can make a lot of noise as Christians at the same time uh, together, we can trigger something. And then uh, if you cross certain benchmarks in U.S. box office, the first one's 10 million and the second's 25, and then the, the summit of the mountain is the, the, the U.S. blockbuster, it triggers these amazing things called output deals. And what that means is that the world, literally, all these countries, many of them persecuting Christianity right now, pay for the right to translate the movie and distribute it to their people. It goes totally under the radar. It's the gospel on global autopilot. And yes, we have this crazy dream that a Christian movie infused with the gospel could someday compete with Star Wars. I just think that that is absolutely possible. There's enough of us. We have uh, enough. We have plenty of money. We just haven't really had a, a dream big enough, I don't think. And, and uh, Sean Astin told me on Woodlawn, he said, uh, John, I see you guys as frontiersmen and pioneers. And I said, thanks, Sean. That's what we want to do. We want to blaze a trail for that next generation. He said, you know, John, most frontiersmen die on the frontier. And I'm like, I never thought of that. But the, <laughs> the trail will be clearly marked and uh, and we'll be frozen pointing to the summit. So what, in whatever way God would use Andy and I in pursuit of that goal, I guarantee you that that goal is possible. And uh, 
if we don't hit that mark, somebody else will if we all just keep inching forward, you know, up the mountain. We're talking to John Irwin from the Irwin Brothers. They are the creators of I Can Only Imagine that's in theaters coming up this weekend, actually on Friday. I'm very curious. I heard Dennis Quaid, and he was talking about the impact. He's the actor, by the way. He plays Bart's dad in this. He was talking about the impact of this film personally in him. I'm wondering how this film has personally impacted you with Bart's story. This film has changed us all. I mean, I think everybody that's worked, God's just had his hand on it. Uh, there's so many things that we can't explain. Uh, right down to the date, it comes out on Friday, which is uh, March the 16th, so it's 316. So I tell people I'm John, and my movie comes out on 316. It's easy to remember. And uh, that was an amazing accident and coincidence. But, you know, I think just the idea that this is a story, of course, of the most popular, uh, best-selling, most-played Christian song of all time, uh, but the story behind the song is a story of reconciliation, redemption, and forgiveness. And uh, I think those themes are, themes are so powerful that they just impacted and changed us all, including Dennis Quaid uh, and, and, and myself. And um, you know, this song was an anthem of hope for me uh, at, at, at difficult times in my life, times of loss. And so to know the story behind it, I so vividly remember when Bart said, I know God is real because of the change I saw in my dad. He said... Uh, I, I watched a monster transform into my best friend and the man I wanted to become. And it was the power of that redemption and reconciliation that inspired this song. So it's like we all know I can only imagine is a song about heaven. Uh, what we don't know is it's a song. It's a son singing for his father uh, because their relationship was mended and restored. And, and uh, I, I just think it, it really has made an incredible impact on, on all of us. And I can't wait for that to now be extended to the audience. And, of course, J. Michael Finley plays Bart in the movie, uh, a virtual unknown, really, and you were the one responsible for finding him. How did that happen? <laughs> well, we, we actually greenlit a, a search because uh, we were adamant. You know, Andy and I had such uh, experience in the music industry for many years. You know, we directed music videos and commercials. Uh, we wanted the actor to sing. It's like he's got to sing these songs. And um, and so that was kind of a, a uh, you know, the real Bart Millard has an incredible voice, a real powerful voice. And so that was kind of a, a, a you know, a, t a tough thing to to solve. And so we, we started casting about four months early, looked at probably a thousand people all over the United States and Canada. And I was in New York and uh, working and uh, I wanted to go see Hamilton because I'm an American history nut. And of course, I wasn't a celebrity and didn't have $10,000, so I couldn't see Hamilton. But I went next door to see Les Mes and, uh, and I love that show. And, uh, and John Michael was the understudy to Jean Valjean, but he took over half the performances as Valjean. The, the, the main actor could only take three or four performances because that vocal is so difficult. And uh, to hear him sing these iconic songs, like Bring Him Home, I mean, it's it, I've never heard a voice like that uh, in all my years in the music industry. And um, it was just unbelievable. And he looked like Bart. And I met with him after the show, come to find out he had just submitted an online audition his, he's a preacher's kid. His dad's a preacher in Missouri, Baptist preacher, and he saw Mercy Me play three times in high school. So it was talk about a needle in a haystack. It was a one in a million. And he's got the amazing thing about him is he's got the best film instincts of any actor I've ever worked with. Normally a Broadway actor you really have to tame down because they project. Uh, John Michael has these incredibly nuanced film instincts. And uh, – and and he's a great guy. He actually proposed to his girlfriend on the set of the movie. They got married no. uh, about a month and a half ago. And uh, he's a special kid.
That is so cool. All these God things coming together from fighting. Amazing. Him. Yeah, and then 316 being John 316, the release date of <laughs> I Can crazy? Only Imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's all God, yeah. man. That's really cool. Yeah, the, the next time the 16th of March is a Friday is 2029. So how about that? And uh, and it's uh, it's just a special thing. And, and, you know, one of the things that we really believe in is launching talent. Uh, as Christians, we need more talent in the entertainment industry. And to do that, you have to to discover it and launch it, you know, and, and, uh, and it's my privilege to introduce him to the world. Uh, this is his first movie, but it won't be his, his last. And to be able to surround him by such an unbelievable ensemble, you know, starting with Dennis Quaid, uh, who delivers a, a very, I've never seen a performance like this in a Dennis, from Dennis Quaid in a movie. It's just very humble and, and broken and authentic. And it's like, uh, channeled as inner Jeff Bridges or something. It's amazing. And, uh, and so it's just a wonderful group of people to work with. And I'm, I'm very, very proud of the, of the, uh, of the work the team did on this film. And I'm also, I've never uh, watched a movie this many times in theaters with an audience. I've screened it hundreds of times all over the country and it's the coolest experience to just screen with an audience. Um, uh, I could do it over and over again, which is not typical for me. Normally I'm, I'm I'm claiming the words of George Lucas, who said films are never complete; they're only abandoned. You know, and, and I'm all see the mistakes. But there's just something magic about the emotional experience of this film, and and uh, to hear people laugh and cry and, and cheer, it's just it's amazing. John Irwin, thank you for the time. I can only imagine in theaters on Friday. You'll see more about it online at hisradio.com. You're cool, dude. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks. Yeah, as are you. Very cool. God bless you guys. His morning crew. You know Mark Hall from his voice as the front man on Casting Crowns. But you may not think of him as a fashion icon. <laughs> I know I didn't, but in this promotional photo back in 2003, he wore this very uh, funky, embroidered, button-down shirt. I'd almost call it Western. A little bit Western, yeah. yeah. Uh, and recently, Mark Hall dug out that, oh, 15-year-old shirt. Mm -hmm. He still has it. He put it back on, still fits, which is great. And it kind of got us all thinking about those old items in our closet that we still wear. I know you've changed a lot over the years, Rob, so you probably don't have a lot of really old I clothes. I don't. I don't. Well, if you would say uh, 10 years is old, <laughs> then I have some decade-old stuff because I still fit in it. Yeah. I don't have anything beyond that because it was like size 48 and 50 in the pants back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not anymore. Did you even keep some stuff for uh, just memory's sake? Like I did up until a couple of years ago. Yeah. I used to have, because I would be asked to speak about health and fitness all the time, and so I I'd have the uh, the before pants uh -huh. and hold them up. I go here, yeah. <laughs> but I put them on a sailboat. <laughs> now somebody else is wearing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a pair of jeans that are probably like 12 years old, and actually I, I, I kind of forgot about them. And I wore them the other day, and my husband's like, "Did you get new jeans?" I'm like, "Nope. <laughs> These came from a clearance rack 12 years ago." Whoa. Yeah. So I wonder. What about you? I mean, go ahead and call or text 800-447-7234. Let us know about the oldest piece of clothing in your closet or your dresser drawer, something that still hangs around that the spouse says, will you finally get rid of that? <laughs> or you see it's out by the roadside and you grab it and bring it back in. The garage sale item that you just keep bringing in, 800-447-7234. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim.
What about that old piece of clothing that's still hanging around from 85 years ago that you have in a closet? Maybe not that old. Yeah, we were talking about it because Mark Hall dug out this uh, shirt that he had from 2003 that he wore to promote casting crowns way back in the day. A little tidbit of information on that album cover. It was like, what, 2000? You said 2003, right? It's Tybee Island's Pier. That's why it's so recognizable. Uh Uh-huh. He still has that shirt. Eh, crazy. Well, what about you at 800-447-7234? We got a text from Sarah Beth. She says, I have a pair of cowboy boots from high school, 46 years old. And those just get cooler with age. They do, yeah. The whole retro thing. I say keep it. Okay, Mike is with us. What about you, Mike? Back in 1982, North Carolina won their first national championship with Dean Smith. And in 1983, there was a a jersey that came out, a championship jersey that had a picture of the team on it with Michael Jordan and Dean Smith. And I still have that shirt. And when was the last time you put it on? I wear it probably once a year. Do you think you'll always hold on to it? I'll always hold on to it or pass it down to my son when when I go home. Okay, Mike, I'm curious now because I have to ask Allison, who's Michael Jordan? Oh, I know who he is. Yeah. He was a great basketball player, and then he played baseball, didn't he? Why are you looking at me weird? Is she right? He played for the, is she uh, wrong? the Chicago team, the Bulls. The Bulls, yeah. And in a who else? I don't know. He just said. Did it was in North UNC? Carolina. Yeah. Oh, look at her. She's... Okay. Is she right or is she wrong? <laughs> a little of both. <laughs> a little of both. His morning crew. Thank you, Mark Hall, who happens to be the lead singer of Casting Crowns, for kicking off this thought. See, he posted on Instagram, on an Instagram story a couple of days ago, of him wearing a retro shirt that he wore on an album cover in 2003. Hmm. Eons ago, right? <laughs> So we're starting to think about the stuff that's probably still in your closet or dresser drawers that is a part of your motif. And we're getting the calls and texts in right now at 800-447-7234. Yeah, we got a text from Stephanie. She says, I have a tank top that belonged to one of my uncles. I found it in my grandma's attic 20-something years ago. It's just a red and yellow and black striped shirt. You wear it, Stephanie? Sounds like it. It kind of does, doesn't it? Okay, here's Diana. What about you, Diana? It's my grandfather's. He had it when he was 20 years old. It's a jumpsuit that he used to work in the yard and do mechanics with. And it's just this blue jumpsuit that I have held on to. And he's now 80 years old. He's a wonderful man. That's my papa. He means so much to you. Yeah, he has prostate cancer right now and it's hard. So it means a lot to me. What's your papa's name? Harold. We're going to pray for Harold right now. Father, in Jesus' name, Diana is just so broken because Papa Harold means so much to her. He's walking through this journey of cancer right now. Nobody needs to go through that. And so, Father, we pray for your healing touch for Harold. He's done so much. He's lived a great life, God. And I think there's some years left. And so, Father, I know that you are with Papa right now, that you're touching him, that you're healing him. And I pray for peace for Diana. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing, even in her heart right now, to give her some comfort. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That was a lot. Thank you. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Okay, we need to rewind tape. Okay. Okay, so this this happened moments ago. See, 
somebody talked about a Michael Jordan jersey. Uh-huh. And I had to ask Allison, do you know who Michael Jordan is? And this is what Allison actually said. Oh, I know who he is. Yeah. He was a great basketball player, and then he played baseball? Question mark. Do you hear the confidence in my voice? Yeah, question mark. <laughs> okay, so Timothy's going to clear it up for Allison. I don't want to say... But Timothy's going to clear it up. What is it, Timothy? I did want to mention that Allison was correct. That Michael Jordan did play baseball. He played minor league baseball. And if I remember correctly, his number was number 45. And he got behind because he was still wearing 23 for the bowl. He made my day. You should see the big smile on her face right now. She's like, see? Oh, uh, I knew. Being right is my love language. <laughs> Congratulations, Allie. Thank you. She is right. Oh, I knew it. Market 703, <laughs> March 14th, 2018.